on this computer. Okay, we're live and we're recording. So hi, Jenny. It's great to have you here today. Thanks for having me. Yes, I was really looking forward to this because, you know, we have uh, a history or, you know, kind of feel like a, well, we're friends. <laughs> we're friends. So um, coming here and I'm interviewing women to find out what their steps were, what your steps were to get out of corporate, you know, what were you feeling, what steps did you take and any advice that you have for other women you know, in this really difficult time. So it might be just women who are worried about whether they've got a job to go to after after lockdown as well. So I'm hoping that, or have got some real gold out of the women that I've interviewed so far. But I also like to let people know that I'm launching a five day challenge, find your passion and live on purpose on the 17th of August. So I've got some really great topics that I'll be talking about because I found that women, all the women I've spoken to, over 150 women over the last three years have all got something they're passionate about but they haven't had found a way to actually make it into something, into something that's a business. And, uh, but once you do, then you're living on purpose. And once you live on purpose and everything flows, the stress goes away. So I'm leading this five day challenge to lead women into finding their passion and purpose. And I always say, if you put form and function around your passion and purpose, the money comes. So Jenny, how are you today? And tell us about tell us about your business and a bit about yourself and your business. Okay. Um, so, uh, hello, and thank you for having me. You know, I love a chat. This is exciting to be <laughs> part of. Uh, I uh, currently work with clients to create compelling messaging in their business, mostly video messages, so scripts, but not just video content across posts and articles and blogs and whatever people need to really get their message out there to the clients they're trying to attract. Uh, and so I'm used to be a copywriter and I'll explain that in a second when we go through the steps from what happened from corporate onwards. Um, whereas really I focus on that video confidence, making sure we are speaking directly to the, to the, to that client that we're trying to attract. That's really the, the core little kernel of everything I do. I think that um, should be at the centre of what everyone does when they're in business. Like once you get that really sweet spot, mm. when you're talking, you know, that you know your, your clients so well mm. that everything just flows. So, mm. yeah, tell us, about, tell us a little bit about you personally and then about how you got to where you are. So um, before I had kids, I'd always worked pretty much in all of my adult life in, with groups of people facilitating process improvement groups, facilitating um, training and cultural change programs at Telstra and then in, um, in recruitment. And then Hunter was born in 1999. And I think I took about a year off, but I was really looking forward to getting back um, into that environment again. And so I started as a contractor in about 2000, maybe 2001. Um, and even though I've worked for big companies on projects in that time, um, I was essentially a contractor. So I have a master's in education and training and all of my graduate and postgraduate quals are in teaching adults, basically. And so I did that till 2014. And um, during that year, and I've been a single parent for a decade now. So at that time, it had been about four years and um, my boy, I've got three boys. And they were really, it was a real struggle. So my eldest was very difficult at the age of 14, more than he'd ever been before. 
And I just remember thinking one day, I went to this corporate contract and we were working on a really large um, IT upgrade project and there were heaps of project leads and I was creating the online um, training programs and some of the in-person ones as well for different facets of the organisation. And I just stood there one day and thought, none of the managers in the strategic team actually give a shit about the human beings who are at the other end of whatever the hell this change is for. Oh, it's going live on the 1st of December. Why? Oh, just because that's when it's available. Uh, well, what if they're not ready by the 1st of December? You know, what if the humans whose business day-to-day you are changing with this system aren't ready? And I realised that they just didn't care. And I, I just thought, I really don't, I honestly don't want to be in this environment anymore. But also because of the difficulties that were happening at home with the boys, I just really needed to step away and be home and be available and be, I guess, make a conscious decision to be a good parent, um, which of course, as we all know, takes a lot of commitment and time and energy and your own resources and your mental strength and all of those things. And I just so I moved away from corporate at that time and had a break, a little break, a few months break, and then... Yeah, I decided that I wanted to be a copywriter. And that was because I wanted to withdraw a little and be away from the people. But, of course, that's rubbish because I am a rampant extrovert and that didn't last for very long. It It was clear to me that I needed to get back into working with groups of people, being out and about and available and having conversations. And I don't like the sort of toing and froing on email that a lot of copywriting entails. I'm just so not interested in in that. Yeah, so I moved around my copy business to focusing on video, writing scripts, helping people really understand what words need to come out of their mouth. Given that that's my core skill anyway, it made sense. But it took me that probably 12 months to really come to that conclusion after leaving corporate. Mm. And I think everybody goes through that transition of, I shouldn't say that, you'll, you'll know what I mean. I'm a splurger. So I would leave and make a decision later and get on with it. Whereas someone else is going to agonize over the, the decision and research, research, research. That is so not me. And both, neither of those is a wrong approach, I don't believe. Mm, I so agree. So I'm the first kind. Like if you said to me, write a book, I would just start writing. I'd plan it a little bit, but I'd basically start writing and then I'd worry about it later. Whereas other people might take a year, two years, three years to think about you know, what's going, and neither of them are wrong, but I'm certainly the take the leap, work that stuff out later as you go kind of person. One Um, of the courses I did early on in my personal development career, Laurel Langmire, she said, you know, say yes and find a way. Say yes and do it anyway. And I think, look, I'm a bit guilty of getting caught up in my own head mm -hmm. and, you know, oh, thinking about putting barriers up and being in my head, like I can't, I can't, I can't, instead of, you know, I've changed my thinking recently. It's just like, how am I going to get it done? Rather than, oh, looking at all the problems, like mm. looking at how I can get it done. Mm. So if you go out and get it done, and um, somebody said to me years ago too, lead with your sword, not with your shield. So go in and do mm. it and apologise later. Yeah, so, so my, my tagline is stop thinking, start doing. And the reason that that is so, such an important mantra for me, is that even though I said I'm a splurger, I am also an overthinker. So if you said to me, um, 
I want you to do this work. I would agonize over details, not because, because I'd be worried about the feedback or letting someone down, not about myself. It's really fascinating when you work with all sorts of different people and you think, who are the perfectionists and why are they perfectionists? And usually it's because they're overthinking it and actually they're just, it's an excuse to sort of avoid getting something wrong, not because I don't trust that I'm good enough or that I can do it or that I know my stuff, but there's that voice that says, oh, you don't want to upset that person or get it wrong or, you know, and so that makes us hold back a little bit. So I think I, I love that sort of stop thinking, start doing, lead with the sword, take action, because that's where the learning is. I'm sure you'll agree with that. No amount of learning happens when I just sit here and think about stuff. Not really. <laughs> I also think, you know, looking back on my journey and different things that I've done along the way and other people, um, talking to Carmel yesterday, and she's, you know, she's done a bit of this and a bit of that and a bit of that. But I don't think that you can't just get from here to there. Like you have to go that journey. Like you wouldn't have got to the next step if you didn't take this part. And you wouldn't have got to that part, you know, you, you take a little bit from each one. And if you, if you think that you're going to go from A, zip to B, that's not how it works. There is learning, you know, oh, try a little bit of this, try a little bit of that. And you know what? None of it's wrong. And it's all going to work out. Another one of my um, favourite mentors said, you know, it's all going to work out. Yeah. That's the truth of it. You know, you can think, oh, you know, maybe I shouldn't do this or maybe I shouldn't do that. She said, it all works out. Yeah. You know? Yeah, that's so true. Um, there's two um, sort of things that I wasn't expecting and I wondered if you wanted me to share them as well. Yeah. And the first one was the grief, the grieving process. So I think a lot of people, and I was certainly, I didn't really have a mentor or anybody to talk to about it. I just said, I'm not ever working like that again. I'm not going back to a full-time contract like that again. I don't want to work with people that I don't even respect or admire ever again. And I thought, okay, you've got to leave behind teaching people and the value that I bring to the, to the, the, um, training room and the value that I bring to the design and all that sort of stuff. And so I grieved for that for ages before I realized that I was. Yeah. And I remember thinking, why did you think you had to sort of cut that off and not bring 25 years of, of experience and a deep love of that work? Why did you think that you had to leave that behind? And I think somebody, if somebody had said to me at the time, you can actually feel all those things at the same time and you can do all those things at the same time, but in a different environment with different people. And that would be okay. Mm. I just sort of felt like I had to make this sweeping change. Mm. I, I, um, I know that I've grieved, you know, cause I was on a corporate trajectory, you know, flying all around Australia, you know, highly regarded. And so I know that I grieved that life and, you know, sometimes still I do, on the other hand, you know, because having Imogen, um, it, it means, you know, I've had to reinvent myself. But the other thing out of that, you know, I used to think that I had to recreate the same thing, like I was selling medical equipment. And I used to think the only way that I could work for myself was recreating that same life in a business for myself and I need a million dollars and all that. But you don't. I found that you have transferable skills. Like in writing grants, and I looked at it and I thought, how come I can just flip out a grant like that? How come other people can't do that? And then I went, 
Ah, because I'm used to writing sales proposals. And so that was a transferable skill. So what I'd really like women to know is, you know, these transferable skills that you're talking about, transferable skills that you take across you know, and use in a different way, well, you, you kind of using for yourself. Mm. But there are other, there are things that you, you know, different ways you can use your skills. Mm. Yeah, and that they, um, that we don't always know how it's going to play out, of course, until no. we try some stuff. So, yes, there's courage in there too to, to sort of say, I'm going to give this thing a try. don't really know if, um, you know, anyone's going to want to work with me or pay me. or So that sort of, um, you learn as you go a lot in, in moving away from corporate and, and deciding to either be a freelancer, which is essentially what I am created, a, you know, a job for myself in a way. Mm -hmm. um, that that's it takes longer than you think and I think we've got to give ourselves more permission that it's a long game that we're not it's not ever going to be you don't suddenly have the penny drop and all the right things happen and all the everything's in place at the right time at the same time that it's actually um, you know iterative you end up sort of this thing is going right and you feel like you've really moved two steps forward and then you realize you don't know something else and you feel like you're moving backwards. But actually to me, that's just all part of that building a brand and, and it takes time and we've got to give ourselves permission to do that part of it. So it's like a barn dance rather than a line dance. <laughs> Never thought about it like that. Don't see myself as a barn dancer exactly, but anyway. <laughs> but I think permission, <laughs> the permission and the, the stuff about time because, you know, I'm doing things and, you know, I'm looking after Imogen and she's 24-7 care in reality. And mm. I think, oh, well, I haven't got that done. I haven't got that. And then I go, hang on a minute. Mm. Hang on. Give yourself a break. Like, you know, would you have got this done otherwise, you know? And there's been these other things that I've also got done. So mm. I think there's a lot of giving ourselves permission in that. Mm, yeah really very good point um and surrounding yourself by the right with the right people is really a big part of that isn't it and we don't always know what that looks like either and that's so it's okay to be part of communities and try and see who you trust and hang out with the people that that get you and even like you and i we probably don't speak for months and then we'll have a messenger conversation for a while and that's the sort of thing that um, has also made a really big difference, I think, over the over the journey for me. Over the, you know, it's been oh my god, six years, I think, since I coming up six years since I finished that contract, which makes me horrified. It yeah. feels like I think I lost three years somewhere in there. I can't quite remember, <laughs> but that's what it's like raising kids and um, yeah, and trying to build your own business baby at the same time. Yeah, you gotta give yourself a the chance to to yeah. be able to care for the kids. Was there another so? One thing was um, the grief of losing a job. Was there something else that you... Oh, the time that it takes longer than um, we think. Um, yeah. And there is one other thing that I really wish I'd done differently, and that is implement more often instead of thinking that everybody else had the answer and going, spending money on too much, I think, strategy and learning online stuff instead of just implementing. I should have paid someone to help me implement things. So if I had if I had money in my um, kitty for marketing, I yeah. wish I'd spent it on someone like a VA or an online business manager who would have put those things in place for me and let me get on with meeting potential clients and speaking to people. Um, I think I wish we didn't think that everybody else had a better answer than we intuitively know. Yeah, because that's, a, that's really mm. good advice because mm. you know it, it is all up here. 
Mm. And if you stop and, and listen, you find the answer. You know. We know so much more than we think we do. Yeah. And I know the technology of running an online business or perhaps going into um, an online, selling an online course or whatever. Yes, there's a technical aspect of that, that either you want to learn and do yourself or you could outsource it. But most of the other stuff we intuitively, we really already know. Yeah. And, a coaching um, question a coach always asks is, um, what would ask me? So you don't know the answer, but if you did know, what would the answer be? <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, and if you think about what would the answer be and what's the first thing, you know, and I've done a whole lot of processes with hypnotherapy now and magnetic mind, you know, accessing what those answers are and they do come up. Mm. You do have the answers there. So you've just got to be quiet enough to hear them, do you think? And I'm too noisy. <laughs> no, it's just about taking the time. Mm. I don't think anyone's too noisy. And I think, you know, everybody, I was thinking about, you know, some people do it this way and some people do it that way. And, you know, there's different coaches that say do it this way or that. But I, I think it's right for you, whatever's right for you. Mm. And I think I've learned that. Would I have been like this if I didn't have Imogen? I don't know. But, you know, since I've had Imogen, you know, having a child with disabilities and I think... Oh, you know, those families do things differently to what, and I've had to do things differently to what I ever thought I might. So I think that, you know, what's right for you is right for you, mm. you know, and don't think, well, just because they're telling you to do it this way, it doesn't mean that's right, but it's what's right for you. Yeah. And because just take action. You know, what's at the very heart of all of this for every business person that I work with or hang out with is the absolute belief that there is a human being who needs what I have to offer right now. Someone actually needs me right now, today. Yeah. And if I think about that and who, what does that person need, it always turns my productivity around. It always turns my reluctance or my thinking or my overthinking or my um, that, that anxiety around, is this the right or wrong thing to do? It doesn't matter. If you, you've got to put yourself... Be, be available for the people who need you. That's how you grow a business, I think. Um, I love always, it turns my thinking around all the time. Absolute belief that there's somebody that needs you right now. Right now it was me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, what advice would you give anyone who's in corporate now or in, you know, in a professional or maybe they might have lost their job through COVID? What would you give them in, into stepping into something? You know how they, if you spoke to a uh, business manager or a, an accountant, they'd say, you need to test the viability of your product. You need, there needs to be a need in the market for your product. So that's one side of the coin. The mm -hmm. other side of the coin is what do you genuinely love to do that you are highly expert and skilled at doing that you can turn into a different product or service. I went with that one. Now, some people will um, say create a new product because they, they're, they're moving with the market and what the market needs but then they don't particularly enjoy it and it's not very profitable potentially. So I still go back to what do you genuinely love to do? So when you feel like you're completely in the zone and there's no overthinking or stress about it, you actually feel it energizes you, makes you feel good. There's, there's something in that. What is that skill that you would like to translate into a new, so yes, transferable skills. Yes. Be, um, have the agility to deliver it differently or, or whatever, but I would be, really reflecting on I remember when I was made redundant from Telstra a million years ago like 1997 or eight or something um and I remember at the time being quite pleased like I was quite happy I was 28 or something at the time 
And I went to a, an outplacement specialist who said, let's do this, quiz, this um, questionnaire. And one of my most important elements came up as lifestyle. And she said, that is really common because you've been made redundant. You've got all this time on your hands. Lifestyle suddenly becomes really important to you. Whereas before it might've been learning or wisdom or teaching or working or whatever. And I think that in that moment, if you've been made redundant or you know that that's going to happen, the decision over what you really love to do might be slightly tainted by the environment that you're, the things you're experiencing at the moment. So try and look more expansively at what you actually have loved for your for your career and what would you like to be doing you know 12 months two years five years from now mm. rather than thinking just in the microcosm of of how that feels in the moment because i know that it's a it's not a great feeling a lot of people will be very nervous and very upset and worried at the moment but you are really expert at something and really think about feel into what is that thing and what could I turn that into and not think about the circumstances. Don't let that make the decision for you is probably what I'm trying to say. Does that make sense? <laughs> yeah, I think, well, I've been talking about uncover your gold, you know, find your gold and turn it into cash because I think we all have gifts to bring. But mm. the other thing that just came to me is, you know, when my ex left and then I was looking to get back into work and when I finally got a job, it wasn't about the money. Mm. I mean, the money, I was one, job, one, one day a week, so it was a little bit extra income, but it was about being with people. Mm. It was about feeling valued. Mm. And I think if we can do something that, you know, we use our passion and purpose, you know, trans, our transferable skills and the things that we love to do, we can start to feel valued and we can bring that to the community, then, then we feel like we're in flow. Mm. Mm. That's right. And that's where the ideas creatively can come to people, don't you think? Like you're slightly more relaxed because you're in a good environment and then ideas come to you, I think, more readily because you're not focused on anxiety or feeling really worried or different from mental health concerns that definitely need support right now. But yeah. more than anything, just feeling, if you feel a little less more relaxed, you can by doing all the things you've just said, I think you then get ideas about, oh, this could be a, this is a great idea for a podcast or, hey, I might just start making videos about <laughs> something, that, you know, things that are happening to me right now. And then that suddenly becomes its own little, you know, it gets a life of its own and can turn into something else. Pretty um, amazing. I was just listening to a video and, you know, people think that they can't make money and I was watching a video and he said there's a seven-year-old kid making money making millions of he's the richest kid online or something making money unwrapping toys yep so you know things are amazing what you can do online and the things that you can make money out of mm. you know and you know that saying about you think that things are really bad or a stupid idea but somebody's made a lot of you know millions of dollars out of the pool noodle yeah <laughs> A little bit of weird, whatever it is. I don't even know what it's made. But, yeah, somebody came up with that idea and, you know, yeah. everyone's got one. Yeah. Yep. It's so there's a lot of ideas and I think they, a lot of that creativity comes from doing, taking action and then reflecting on, did that work? How do I feel about that? Rather than just sitting back and planning all the time. Yeah. yeah. And that's what I did in, in this interview series. I decided I'd go out and interview people and you know, see what, what their steps were and, and so much gold in it. So I really appreciate you coming on today, Jenny, and it's been great to chat to you. You are welcome. And yeah. So, um, 
Yeah, so if anyone wants to contact you, I'll put, I'll put your link in the, in the Facebook group. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's been great. So bye for now. <laughs> yeah, bye everyone.